Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 170, and I'm talking with Marielle Hall. We've got another Bowerman Track Club woman on the team today. Marielle is a 5K and 10K runner. She ran in the 2016 Olympics in Rio in the 10K. She also competed in the 5K at the 2015 World Championships in Beijing. Marielle joined the Bowerman Track Club in 2017, and she's now coached under Jerry Schumacher. You guys know how much I want to have Jerry on the show. So, hey, maybe if I continue to have all of his athletes on the show one day, he'll give me a shot. What do you guys think? Uh, Marielle is very well-spoken, fun, and kind, and I really enjoyed this conversation. I know you guys are going to enjoy getting to know Marielle in this episode of the podcast. Before we get started talking with Marielle, I'd like to thank Lily Trotters for supporting this episode of the podcast. You guys have probably heard me talk about Lily Trotters quite a bit on this podcast if you have been listening for a while. They are my favorite compression sock and a great company, women-owned. They have the most beautiful designed socks. They're cute, they're comfortable, they're stylish. They increase your athletic performance. So if you're a runner, you're traveling, you're pregnant, you need a little compression in your life, this is where you need to go to buy the best compression socks out there. They have an antimicrobial treatment that reduces odor, a moisture-wicking finish that keeps legs cool and dry, and compression, guys, increases circulation and blood oxygen. So make sure you head over to lilytrotters.com and use the code ANOTHER for 25% off your order with Lily Trotters. Thank you so much, Lily Trotters, for supporting this episode of the podcast. And don't forget, friends, when you support a sponsor of this show, you are directly supporting this podcast. So thank you for that. Links to all of that will be in the show notes at lindsayhine.com. All right, you guys, make sure you find me, connect with me over on social media, Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626, Twitter at lindsayhine, and Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. We have a group over there as well. All right, guys, enjoy my conversation with Marielle Hall. Today on the podcast, I'm really excited to have another Bowerman Track Club woman join us. We've got Marielle Hall on the show. Welcome to the show, Marielle. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Marielle, you had a, a pretty good weekend in Boston. Can you tell everybody what was going on in Boston last weekend? Yes. Yeah, so a few of the Bowerman women went out to the BU track to get the uh, world outdoor standard in the 5K. Um, Courtney paced us. And then Carissa and Vanessa are also two other women who are out there um, racing. And then Kim Conley was also in the field. You won, right? Yes. Yeah. How, how did it go? Like, did everybody, did the whole group get the standard? Like, what did that look like? Yeah. So everyone got the standard, which was, I mean, I think goal of the weekend was everyone come away with, uh, come away with the standard. And um, it was a really controlled effort because we were lucky to have Courtney pace us through 4K and she even finished the race. Um, so yeah, just a really strong effort from her and we were all able to come away with the standard. So, okay. Yeah. So tell me then when you're doing a race like that, like you did in Boston, where your goal is to come away with the standard, uh, once you know you have it, like, is there pressure to still win? Like, were you going for the win? What does that look like since it was kind of a group effort to get that standard? I think early on, we're all just focused on, you know, staying relaxed as possible, similar to, you know, maybe uh, a championship type um, type uh, type race where you're just trying to stay relaxed as possible, not do too much, not think too much. And then, you know, Jerry told us before, like in the beginning, we're just in a controlled effort, kind of like practice. And then um, that last K was really up to us how we wanted to race it and how we all, um, you know, just how we felt within ourselves, finish it from there. So the first half is really just a controlled effort. And then um, with the K to go, we kind of all are just racing from that point. Okay. So you were racing for the win beyond the world standard. Yeah, I think so. We, we get so few opportunities to race at this level. You know, a lot of the work is in practice and training. So whenever we can get out there and compete and kind of just test and see what we need to work on, get more feedback, for ourselves, you, you got to take advantage of that. So, yeah. 
And I saw Shalane was out there coaching and cheering you guys on and, and being a part of the team in that way. How does that feel to have her out there doing that? Yeah, you can't ask for a better coach uh, or cheering person, right? I think having her um, there that weekend is just fun because she has so much experience. She's pretty much done every scenario that we're about to uh, embark on. So for her to be there and just be supportive and just overall positive person, besides, you know, the amount of knowledge she has about the sport, she's just a genuinely fun, funny person to be around. Um, So I think that she just kind of keeps the the atmosphere light and also – you know, it's really, you're proud to have her a part of your team. Yeah. I was wondering that I was like, she's such a fierce competitor, but just having, is it a calming, is it calming kind of to have her there or does it like amp you up to like be super fierce? I think, I think both. I mean, she, I think she is so calm. There's a calmness about her because she just has done so much of the work and has put, you know, invested herself into her running career so much that when she gets to the races or just being around her, she does, I, I think, have calmness to her just because you have to be confident and calm um, that you know you've done all that you could to get to where you are and, you know, you've left no stone unturned. Um, so I feel like being around her, she, it, it is kind of a calming thing. She just has a lot of confidence about what she can do because she has done the work prior. So... Yeah. Okay, Marielle, let's talk about your intro into running and getting into the pro world. So did you grow up in Philly? Yeah, so I was born in Philadelphia. I went to school, raised like my parents, both, you know, homes that I know and recognize are in New Jersey. Uh, So that's where I grew up and went to high school. um, And that's kind of where I started running. When did you know that you had a gift? that you were a talented runner who had a desire to pursue, to pursue this thing? I, I feel like I was passionate about it at an early age. I stayed invested in other things, but I always, this was one thing that I always came back to. I kind of, you know, I did, I did karate for, you know, a few days. I did gymnastics. I did, so I went to try out for um, travel for soccer and, I did all these things, but they would kind of, you know, filter out as summer came, you know, I would stop practicing or I wouldn't really be thinking about it or engaged in it. But for me, I I think running as soon as I signed up, as soon as my mom signed me up in middle school, it was kind of something that I was always, I really always enjoyed and wanted to come back to. And as you get older, you know, friends leave the sport and kind of get interested in other things. But for me, it was always I was always interested in it. It was always in the back of my mind. And um, so I don't, I don't know that I could say, I was like, oh, I have a gift for this, but I could say that I have a real passion for, for the sport. Well, and then you have two decisions, you know, with running as, as far as a career, like coming out of high school, you have the decision, do I run in college? And then out of college, you have the decision, do I try to run professionally? So did you know in high school that you were for sure going to run in college? How did that come about? You ran for the University of Texas. Yeah, um, I I really didn't. I would have to credit my mind opening up to it could be something that I could do further to my um, the coach that I was training with before I came out to Bowerman. He was also my high school coach. Um, and I think that he really just sparked a, hey, you're good at this. You, there's so many opportunities, you know, even if you don't want to continue this after uh, post-collegiately, it's an opportunity for a scholarship to, you know, and that's something that no one can ever take from you and an opportunity that if, you know, if you're good enough to get that, you should, you should go for it. So I feel like he really kind of drilled that into me, almost was disappointed in me um, when he first met me that that wasn't where my mind already was. So I think that that really kind of lit the fire to say, okay, I I think I could do this in college. Yeah. And so for those listeners who might be, you know, in high school or college, I'd say the majority of my listeners are, you know, more like people in their thirties, um, (laughs) twenties even, but I know there are some younger listeners. So I just wonder what kind of advice you might have to someone coming up in thinking about running collegiately or, for the runner that is running in college right now, like what's some advice you have for uh, kind of 
living in the moment and working hard with uh, what you have and where you are? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I would say that, and I don't even really know if this is specifically addressing what you're saying, but for me, it's always been, you know, within yourself, you know, what you really, the things that you really enjoy and, and that real, and that really kind of fulfill your existence and, and to really not let obstacles or hardships or injuries or whatever those things take that away from you. And even if it means that your attention isn't always uh, on that a hundred percent, I know if you're young in high school, there's a lot of other priorities or even at any stage in life, you may have different priorities, but I would never like ignore if you're super passionate about something, um, you know, take the time to explore other things, but if anything, do that to only solidify that, Hey, this is something that I really enjoy doing. I should find a way to fit this within my life. You know, it's a, it's a really good piece of advice because I was just talking to my sister about something that she's like pursuing, not running related, but just in general with work. And my first question to her was like, why do you want to do it? Like, what, like, are you passionate about it? Like, why does this make you happier? Does it make you excited? Are you, you know, what are your reasoning? What's your reasoning behind it? And I think that we can really apply that to, you know, our running careers as well, elite or not elite. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's not to say that you don't do things that you um, may not always love. You know, like there's times where we do things or have to do things that don't always fit this grand picture of I'm super passionate about. But I think having those things really just solidify um, the things that you do enjoy. And, and that helps like paint a picture for you of, of who you are and what you enjoy and what you like. And I think that that, if anything, doing those things that are hard really help sure. figure yeah. out what you like. Yeah, like you're not going to love every single aspect of your job for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, if you're doing it for the right reason, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm talking about a Bachelor episode. I'm like, the right reasons. <laughs> I'm here for the right reasons. <laughs> oh gosh, reasons. lots of Bachelor talk <laughs> this time of year. Right? Um, okay, so I want to talk about, so you've, you've won a NCAA title when you were in college and... Um, when in college did you think, man, I, I really could pursue this professionally or, or did it take some time? Did you graduate and have to think on it a little bit? What did that look like? Yeah, I felt like, um, during the course of, um, uh, just my, my collegiate career, I wasn't really obviously running after college was something that I wanted to do, but I don't know that if I really had a good picture of what that looked like or what I'd have to do, um, on the track to make that happen. And I kind of felt like as I was approaching closer to my senior year that I was thinking more on the lines of, you know, I don't want to drop running completely out of my life, but, you know, maybe I can find a way to train and also, um, and also compete. I remember that year or my junior year, I think I'm blanking on his name, but he was a teacher. Um, and he also, I want to say that he was a placed third maybe in an off year or he did really well at the U.S. championships I think in the 1500 um anyway I just remember seeing that and was like okay it's possible to you know still compete at a high level and maybe do other things and have have a job so my senior year I really I you know I, I applied for other things I had other job another job lined up and something that I was excited to do but I did really, in my back of my mind, want to make running work full time. So I just was kind of working really hard and knew that winning a national championship would be something that could really elevate an opportunity for me uh, to, to continue competing. So when I got that chance, I definitely jumped at that. Okay, talk, talk to us about winning a national championship because you really in the grand scheme of things, aren't that far removed for it. You graduated college in 2014, so we're not that far removed. So tell us what that feels like to win a national title. It was really incredible. I I just remember feeling so confident and calm before going in. And I, I don't remember thinking much to the race, but, you know, my first few steps, I was just thinking, I really, lo- I just, I love this. This is, this is going to be so much fun you know, I'm, this is where I, where I want to be. So I think that that was just having that 
mindset. I'll never really forget that aspect of it. And, you know, you train so hard to continue to search for that, to be in that mental space where you're just excited to be there. You know, you're chomping at the bit. This is what you love to do. Um, So, yeah, winning for me, a dream come true, especially at the school that I was at. Um, Yeah. It was not really – I mean, they're doing really well to continue to try – and build like a stronger distance program. And I'm, you know, I'm excited for all the athletes that are continuing to compete there. Um, But I remember just at the time, it was really special just for the program and obviously individually. This is where I want to be. That's really good. Like in general, that's just a great takeaway. This is where I want to be. Um, And that, that was the 5k. So when you're running a 5k around a track and you're, you know, in the first couple laps, I mean, you got to run a lot of laps to run a 5k on the track. And I mean, we've, we're talking to a 10k runner too. So you're right thinking 5k isn't that far, but when you're thinking this is where I want to be and you're so early in the race and you feel good, it sounds like you felt good. How do you then control that and, um, you know, go in for the win at the end? Like when you were winning that title, was there any moment when you were like, I'm pretty sure I have this? Um, honestly, for that race, I specifically remember just those beginning stages of really just being happy to be there. And I just remember in the warrant call room, everything, like I could sense everyone else's nerves, but I just, I just wasn't nervous. You know, like I was excited. I was ready. I knew, um, I knew that I was capable. And then I think I remember, um, the last 200, I remember thinking like, oh, I'm the one who really needs this. Like I, this, I need this to be able to have another opportunity. I remember thinking to myself like, oh, Ashley has another year of college. Like she'll come (laughs) back. She can win it next year. Like (laughs) Abby's won a bunch, you know, I really need this one. (laughs) So I kind of just remember that like a selfish moment at the end of this, you know, this is, this is more important for me. Like I need this. And then early on stages was just happy to be there. I love this. And I honestly don't remember anything else. <laughs> just those two things. That's a good time to feel some selfish feelings right then. That's, that, if you're going to feel selfish at any time, that's the, win, the one time to do it. Yeah, no, I think that's end of race, self, being selfish. You're allowed to be selfish for those <laughs> couple of minutes. That's allowed. <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. Tell me about the University of Texas. What's it like going there? I mean, I feel like once people are in Texas, specifically there, you're they're like hooked for life. Are you a, a Texas girl for life now? Or what does that look like? Yes, I was so sad to leave. Uh, if I could have figured out a way to stay in Austin um, for a few more years, it, I definitely I would have made that happen. I It's just such a fun city. The culture is, you know, there are no professional sports teams. So college is, Mm -hmm. you know, the city and the community really live and breathe that. Um, And then there's just a whole nother, you know, there's a music scene, Mm -hmm. movie, there's just, you know, the really huge sports culture and with football and obviously all of the collegiate athletics. And then, you know, there's a whole nother side to that where you have a bunch of musicians and, and, um, and also it's just a really active community. So there were, you just felt, you know, if you're out there working out in the morning, it wasn't a huge, you know, it's not a burden. Everybody's out, not mm-hmm. just the students, the, you know, it was, so I really enjoyed that. Um, it didn't hurt how the temperature as well, <laughs> <laughs> that was wonderful. You kind of just lose track of time in the year. It could be December and, you know, sure. it's 60 degrees, sun shining. Uh, so I loved it. And yeah. <laughs> Are you into music? Is that is that a big part of your life? Oh yeah, I love music. I think I just you spend so much time like you ha- you do have a lot of downtime, you also have a lot of alone time. Mm-hmm. So that naturally I think leads to music, reading, cooking. Um, you know, I think a lot of runners find themselves in that circle, but I really do love music. Yeah. What's what are some of your favorite bands? Hmm. Uh, that's, that's hard to say favorite. I really, I've been listening kind of to, yeah, I would say I like, like hip hop, electronic. I like, um, some jazz, like just come like parents growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of all over the place. I really do listen to everything. I think I just think that that's another, I just have a lot of respect for, people in creative industries and it's been just really interesting just learning about 
you know, your favorite singers and then going beyond that, who the songwriters, who's writing all of their music. And mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, it's an 18 year old just in their room <laughs> who all of a sudden has, you know, you don't really see their face as much, but it's just interesting to see all different types of creative processes and music's one of those things that I enjoy in that. Yeah. Did you, do you have siblings? Did you grow up with siblings? I do. I have one older sister who's actually coming out to Portland this weekend. So oh, fun. Yeah, that'll be good. Just my family has been really good about coming out here because it's kind of hard to visit them when you're um, training. So I've had a nice family. Um, just my parents and my sister have been able to come out quite a bit. So that's been nice. All right, let's talk about, uh, before we get into what it's like being out in Portland, training with everybody, um, let's talk about making an Olympic team. Well, and you ran in the 2015 World Championships. What what was a bigger deal to you, or are they equal in your eyes? I, I mean, I, I think that the background noise isn't a good word, but just the all of that the Olympics encompasses to the sport and then to just the outside world. I think that was larger than life. I didn't realize, you know, I think every year you try and make a team feels the same to the athletes in terms of you got to still place top three. You still have to have your standard time. Um, the fields more or less look the same. So it feels like a, a similar experience, but end of the day, I think the Olympics really just the excitement that, you receive from friends, family, people you don't know that really is on a whole new level. So that was definitely don't think I was exactly ready for that. When I went into it, luckily, I just felt like it was another race. And the 10K being at the beginning of the trials, especially, you don't really feel all of the angst (laughs) that is that weekend. So, yeah, being the first half of the trials definitely has um, its perks. <laughs> okay, talk to me about making the team, though. Were you um, – so it was you, Emily, and Molly running the 10K, right? Yes. Yep. Okay, so were what were you – in the lineup at the trials, like were you a favorite to be top three? Like what did that look like? Were you surprised that you made the team? I, I, did, I don't even know, like – where everybody was at that point in their careers like who were your like people that you thought these are the guys these are the girls the women that I am up against here to make the team yeah I mean I think that year for the 10k there was way more people with the standard than there was previously like I remember my coach one of the reasons why we did it was hey like it's another opportunity to make a really hard a, a hard team to make like the U.S. Olympic team is the hardest team to make um, so I think that he was just looking at it really practical. Like, Hey, in 2012, I think three people had the standard. So, you know, those three people were going to go as okay. long as they finished, finished the race. Um, okay, and, but then sense. in 20, yeah, 2016, it wasn't, wasn't that, I think most of the women in the field had the standard. Um, so it's just a you know, testament to women and men U S distance running, I think is just, continues to get better. Um, so yeah, going in, I I think I had ran a 10 K in Stanford and I had, I got, I got the standard and, and that was pretty much if I, if I was able to do that, I was going to race it at the trials. Um, so I don't know. I was definitely went into the event with a little bit of ignorance just because it was my second time racing it. So I think that always, it's kind of nice to go into a little bit blind just because, you, you don't build up any, you, you don't count yourself out or in really, you're just mm-hmm. there to compete, to compete. Um, so yeah, I don't remember really having any thoughts of, you know, like this is who I've got to beat. These are the people mm-hmm. that I know are going to be in it. You know, I think Emma, I didn't even know, like, I don't think Emily had raced a bunch that year. Anyway. Yeah. She was injured yeah. going into it. Right. Yeah. So it was really kind of, you didn't really have time to think about kind of wall map out everybody else's um possibilities you kind of just have to go into it with you know how did you prepare and what can you do on the day which is how I went into it and so yeah I felt like I didn't have too much pressure on myself personally you seem like a really calm and confident runner is would that be accurate 
I think so. I try to be as I try to be calm. Um, I think confidence is something that you always are building and working on. So that's yeah, personally for me, I think that that's something that I every day I'm trying to do a little bit, do trying to do little things to you know contribute to having just a strong mental capacity on the day. Um, but yeah, I feel like I'm pretty calm. Do you have you worked with a sports psychologist to help nurture the calmness and the I mean, I just it seems like based on our conversation that like you really enter these races like excited to be here. And I and I think most people probably do. But like, I don't know, I'm just getting a sense of you don't freak out and get like overly nervous. Is that I mean, is that fair to say? Yeah, I think I pretty much know at this point, like the kind of attitude I need to have success. Um, Something that I think you have to work on for distance running is you do have to kind of enter it calm because it is, Mm. you know, between 15 and 30 minutes, you can't be like guns ablaze and ready to like (laughs) rip heads off um, because you're just exhausting yourself. Um, But I think that's also sometimes hard because you got to be able to transition within the race to like Mm -hmm. having a, like a killer mentality towards the end. You can't, sometimes I think I'll go into things and I'm, I'm relaxed, but then just like switching over to like, okay, this is where the race starts. That's something that I, I feel like I, I definitely do have to, I've had to work on since becoming a professional. I think it came a lot easier in college. And when I was younger, just because you, you know, you've, Pretty much you just fail less, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I think it gets scarier um, at this level when you, you know, you do the work and you get on the line and it doesn't work out. And if that happens over and over again, it's just kind of like PTSD. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think I, I'm definitely working on that um, this year and, you know, as many years as I will be running to just be able to have that transition and, remember that it is, you know, and just have fun with it really, because you, I always am excited to race and that's, that's the best part. And if you kind of let that opportunity slip away because of nerves or, you know, not timing things the right way mentally, that's disappointing. You just kind of get upset with yourself and you don't want to, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Don't want to be upset with myself. Hey guys, quick break to let you know that I've got a Patreon page, which you've probably heard me talk about, uh, that helps support the work behind this show. So for as little as $35 or $10 a month, you can support my work behind this podcast and get bonus episodes. There's at least two bonus episodes every single month over there with returning guests, bonus content from guests that are on the show, as well as episodes with my husband, Glenn. I want to say thank you to my newest two Patreon supporters, Ryan Ratcliffe and Sia Clark. Thank you guys so much for supporting this podcast over there. So if you guys want to get behind the show and also get bonus content, you can head over to patreon.com slash lindsayhine and check that out. Links to that will be in the show notes at lindsayhine.com. All right, you guys, let's enjoy the rest of my conversation with Marielle Hall. Let's talk about joining the Bowerman Track Club. You, would I say cold called or cold, cold emailed Jerry to join the team? <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us that story? Yeah. Cold email. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's his new. Um, but I think I emailed him the summer of 2017. I talked to the coach I was working with and my agent and was just felt a little bit stuck. I was in a phenomenal group with people that I love and still, you know, text with every day stupid emojis and dumb things. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was with a really good group, but it felt really tailored to, um, you know, the 800 and events that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really getting to train with them the way that, um, that I would want. And I just was really kind of wanted to throw myself into, uh, an atmosphere where there was going to be people better than me there. I was going to be challenged and really just kind of learn how to be a distance runner. I felt like I was capable of, of doing more and just the environment that I was in, not because the coaches weren't great and because the athletes weren't great, but just kind of 
I think that's one thing, just having self-awareness of the kind of athlete you are is something you really have to have on this level because you can kind of get stuck feeling like you're not good enough when in reality you're just not in the right environment. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to give myself an opportunity to be in a new environment. I emailed Jerry, and I honestly remember doing it and being like, oh, it's probably not going to work out. Like, <laughs> there's so many good people there, and, you know, you just – he – you just assume like, you know, he's going to want to be protective of the people that are there. Um, but I think one of the really great things about the group is Jerry really wants to create an opportunity environment for anyone who's up for the challenge and, you know, has done the work previously to, to say to him or um, that, you know, this is a place where you can be successful and, and work hard and just like contribute to um, a culture that's already in existence. So i just really was grateful that he said like, yeah, of course we would love to have you. Um, I remember not even really visiting. Cause I was like, if I visit, I'll probably talk myself out of it. Like <laughs> I, I could definitely find something wrong with this situation if I wanted to, just cause it was going to be such a big leap for me, not because there was anything wrong um, with it. But yeah, I just emailed him, you know, asked for the opportunity, kind of talked to him about where I was and and what I was hoping for. And that kind of just happened pretty quickly. Yeah. (laughs) So when you talked about him about what you were hoping for, what were those things? Uh, I, I think Jerry's always said, and I think what most of all the athletes, if you ask, if you ask them what they wanted in the beginning, it's just to get the most out of yourself, to really reach your potential. And that's something that he always says. It's like, look, I will, like, I can definitely promise you I'm going to get the best out of you. Mm. I don't know what, what that'll mean. You know, for some people it could be, um, American records, medals, all those things, um, titles, whatever it may be. Like he definitely will promise you that he can get the best out of you. It doesn't know what that equates to. Um, and I think just as an ambitious person, that's, you know, an attractive challenge. It's cause he's not like, I'm not going to make you the best. He's not promising you, you're going to be, you know, a world beater. He's just promising you like a spot to work really hard and, and kind of see what you're made of. And I think that that just has like everybody pretty much looking at the chops, like, Oh, of course, you know, that's an opportunity that I want. Um, so yeah. Yeah. How do you give, you know, it's got to be tough to give your trust to someone like that when this is, you know, your body is your career, like using your body to run is your career. So deciding the coach that you're going to trust, like to guide you to do what your unique, you know, person needs to do has got to be sort of hard sometimes to know, like, how does this specific coach know for me, Marielle? this is what I need. You know, Emily needs this, Colleen needs this, but this is what Marielle needs. So like, how do you decide that like I'm going all in and this is who I'm trusting? Yeah. I mean, I think it's really two things. Like one is trust for like, you have to go into, especially for coaching, you know, you have to go all in. I trust this person and really just commit yourself to that. If you wait for people to prove themselves to you, I think it's just, damaging for you and for them like you have to go in in support of them be a biggest cheerleader for them as they are for you and like if you show yeah no I I think that that's really for trust specifically you got you have to I I think just like waiting around for to earn I don't really believe in people like earning your trust I think you just like show up 100% and you know they'll show you who who they are and you show them who you are and um, I think that that's that's how you kind of just build relationships you have to kind of go all in and then for for this program I think Jerry really lets you you know he tells you the expectation maybe for where he believes makes a really great distance runner a really great athlete and then he kind of lets you on your timeline get to that standard so he's not going to say you know your first year I want you to run a hundred miles, be great at every workout, like race insane. Um, you know, he's going to tell you like, maybe this is what this is. These are the pieces of a really great athlete and distance runner in my mind. This is what they do. This is how they compete. And then, you know, 
you're you're an adult now, so it's up to you to like craft that for yourself. And I think just having some ownership of your training is always a good thing. Um, so yeah, it sounds like he gives you. Yeah, it sounds like based on what I've heard from a lot of your teammates is that he gives you guys a lot of freedom. Yeah, I I think so. You have to have at this level, again, the commitment has to come from you. You can't have someone like knocking on your door every day. Mm -hmm. Like you should go out and run right now. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it's just not going to work. You're going to get to the race and you're not going to have, it has to be internal for you to have done the work and have wanted to do the work and be there. Uh, I think he's always there as a resource. Like if you call him up or text him or email, whatever it may be and say like, I'm wanting to try this. I, I'm feeling stuck here. I'm not do. I'm not feeling well, all those things. Like I think he's always a sounding board and is there to talk to you, but you definitely have to come up with what you want, um, or, or where you, wherever you are, you kind of have to approach him about those things, which I think is just, good practice on how to be an adult in the world. (laughs) It's like not everyone's going to come to you all the time and be like, you know, what do you need? What do you want? You kind of have to just learn how to communicate that. And that's what um, creates the um, relationship and kind of gives you feedback on what you need to do to get better. Yeah. If you want to do something, nobody else is moving that ball forward for you. Yeah, exactly. I think that's overall the resounding theme is all the resources are here, the support's here, you know, the coaching's here, um, but you have to be kind of put the pieces together a little bit, you know, you got to push it forward. Do you love, how much do you love running with the team and having this group support for the hard workouts and just being around everybody? I mean, are you guys, tell me about... um, Tell me about where, what you're doing right now. You guys are at altitude camp right now or what's going on? Are you living in a house with like four other girls? What does that look like? Uh, so right now we're kind of in most of the group isn't um, racing anymore. Myself, Courtney and Chris are all going to be doing world cross at the end of the month. Okay. Uh, so everybody is still training, but it is kind of a little bit of a lull in the year, especially with, um, the trials being so so late in the summer this year kind of having a little bit of a reset button and and just kind of having another little base um season before we build out up for altitude so we're just here in portland working out um twice a week a long run uh, nothing nothing crazy just kind of um doing uh, a normal seven-day schedule and yeah what's your longest run you do right now um I my long runs for two hours so we don't really oh Jerry Miles I know about this okay okay (laughs) you're like I've been here before I remember this yeah (laughs) two hours so you you run for two hours yep yeah that's where I think when I first when I first came in I was doing like um 90 minutes so just progression over the year and summer. Um, so two hours and I'll probably stay at that for a while. Okay. So, but really two miles, are you running like 17 miles into, into, I mean, do you, do you know how many miles that usually is? Yeah. So I, I don't wear a GPS watch just because I think I would probably stop whenever Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I just, I've never really worn a GPS watch, but I do, I would say it would be anywhere between like, um, 15 to 18 okay, miles. Okay. Just depending on how you feel that day. Yeah. Depending on the day and like where we are in the season. Um, so yeah, I would say it's anywhere between there. All right. 17 was a solid guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you hit it on the head. Yeah. Um, what have you learned about, I mean, you were, you've been training with teammates. I mean, you trained with teammates in college, you trained with teammates with your group before Bowerman, but what have you learned about the importance of training with a group of like-minded individuals going hard after big goals? For me, I think it's just been just having other people to observe from and kind of picking pieces of personalities or work ethic that you can 
you know, find within yourself to give you confidence or to like put in your routine because you recognize that, Hey, this person's doing this really well. Um, it's helping them be successful. You know, I, I feel like I need to do that or, um, just also having other people to support. It just takes the pressure off of you a little bit and it's fun to watch other people work really hard and then be able to accomplish the things that they they've always wanted. Um, that's just like a fun, it's a fun environment to be in when you're just supportive of other people and you're watching other people's journeys. I don't think very many people get like up close an elite athlete seeing their day to day and um, like seeing the pieces of their season fit together and like manifest into this, into these incredible results. That's just fun. Um, and you don't realize how, you know, your career, what you're doing doesn't feel so out of place in this setting because everybody's doing it. You know, if people are going, going to bed at nine o'clock, always eating kale salad and just, <laughs> you know, like then it becomes normal and you don't think, you don't think of it as any type of sacrifice or you're missing out on things. You're just kind of in an environment that, that you feel like you belong and that's everybody wants to be in some environment where they belong. So to have that and to have it with, you know, an incredible amount of men and women, that's, that's even better. Yeah. Okay. So Marielle, what's, what's going on with the trials for, uh, the next Olympics? Like what, what do you know what you plan to race? Are you sticking to a 10 K or what? I don't know. I mean, I would love to be able to run more five Ks. I definitely will do the 10 for this summer and, and then hopefully in the trials the following year. Um, but I would also love to run the five. I think that the distances complement one another. And if I can be better at the five, I can be better at the 10. So, yeah, I would love the opportunity to do both. I think it all depends on how training's going, obviously what Jerry thinks and what um, the schedule looks like. But, yeah, always I think he picks races when what's in your best interest to perform, you know, late into the summer. So I always you know, even if I want to do something different, keep that in mind that I know that it's decisions are made for me to be able to have the best results possible. Um, so yeah, five or 10, you know, I won't be doing any one of those two. (laughs) Hopefully maybe both. Do you, it sounds like you really like the five. Yeah, I do. I think there's just more opportunities to race it. You, okay. yeah, Yeah. The 10 is just as, exciting I think and it can be like a really dynamic race but you only get to race it once or twice a year okay um so I think the five just yields more opportunities which is yeah I'm not gonna ever not want to compete or have a chance to just work on things so yeah yeah that makes sense what what talk to us about the difference between a 5k hurt and a 10k hurt or is it all the same um I think for the five is just kind of like you're always on the line, um, which is fun, but it can also just blow up in your face <laughs> very quickly. Um, the 10, I feel like is just a really slow build. Um, I haven't ran a ton of them, but I think it's just, it kind of really just cranks down gradually. Um, whereas the five kind of feels like you're from the jump, you're, you know, this is, you know, like a middle distance event. It really feels like that. Um, I think at the highest level or you're really just kind of riding the line and not really just have to manage your energies well because it could go if you don't I think the last well the last K will hurt no matter what but it could really (laughs) it could really hurt I think (laughs) so do you I mean you're still so young do you ever have dreams of of doing I mean I have to ask this because it's like the glamorous marathon talk (laughs) yes do you have dreams of doing the marathon one day I think it's, this is what I always say is it's really, it looks really fun and (laughs) it is the glamour event, but I also have seen the training and, and the workouts and the exhaustion. So I just, I respect the work for the marathon so much that I'm like where I am right now, my training, I know that I'm not close to that. Uh But I think, you know, the fact that there's an event out there that I haven't tried 
that's, you know, you're always going to think it's always going to be the back of your mind, especially because you, you never really know what you're going to be best at if you don't try everything. Mm-hmm. So that is just another kind of something on the table that could yield really great results and be kind of something that makes you an even better athlete than you are now. So that's always, yeah, that's always going to be in the back of your head. But I think for me, where I am right now is I, I really respect (laughs) the work, the time and, you know, just what the training is and where I am. I can just identify within myself right now that that's not where I am. Well, I mean, (laughs) you can go do that in like 10 years, like the longevity of, of the sport and like, you know, where you are now, it's like, it's like not something you even have to consider anytime soon, which is the really cool thing. Just thinking about Shalane and people just killing it in their mid to late thirties, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think that that's something that also is, I think Amy brings us up a ton is, you know, you have to have that, the miles in your legs and the development Mm -hmm. early on for, Mm -hmm. to really, um, have the longevity and to stay healthy. So I think sometimes you don't, you don't want to rush that, those steps in that process. So, um, it is really inspiring to see Amy and Shalane and Gwen just, you know, still striving to be at their best. So just later in their career and that, you know, you just hope to learn from them and say, okay, if they can still do it and they're still competing, you know, better than they ever have that if you just, you know, pay attention to the steps along the way that you could get there. Yeah. That's really wise words from Amy. Like that's so smart. And I, and I do think oftentimes when you see people jumping into the marathon, super young, like you see injuries more. I, maybe I'm making that up, but I feel like that's what I see. Yeah. No, I mean, for me, I think it's just like, if you realize that you're going to have the opportunity to do well in an event, then you, you kind of have to grasp at that. I, I was, I never, I think at this level, you don't really get to pick your event. You know, you have to look at your skill set, and mm-hmm. if you're passionate about running, you go, you know, you go where, where, where an event that you, you know, you have a chance to compete well. Um, so I, I definitely am not knocking people for trying it at a younger age. Oh, because, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I do think that it, it helps obviously to have, you know, long-term development over, um, just getting into something maybe before you're personally ready. I can't say for everyone's training. Totally. Yeah. And I was just thinking like with the comment that Amy said about having the miles in your legs before you, you know, bite into that, it seems like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And if what's working for what you're doing right now, like why rush it? Yeah, you would think that it would just be like, oh, you do the training. If you can do the training, you you know, you know can handle the race. But I think for that event in particular, having a ton of miles, a ton of years of mm-hmm. racing and competing under your legs really does help you. Yeah, it's a monster for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is a big monster. Um, all right, Marielle. Well, I want to talk to you about a couple of other fun things. You love reading. You love baking. Um Tell me what kind of books you like to read. What have you been reading lately? So I I got some celebrated birthday in January. So I got a lot of poetry books okay. um, from friends and family. Um, and then I re- have read Happy Yellow Sun and Americana recently. It's like one of my favorite authors. I really enjoy her. If you've ever heard Beyonce Flawless, okay. she does the, um, she does like that little speech that's in the beginning that who um wrote those two books okay okay I noticed on your Instagram that you do a lot of like quote poetry type things with your posts so I was wondering about that yeah I think I just have a ton of free time (laughs) (laughs) filled with lots of reading or just interested in different a lot of different things I think part of running is being curious just in general about your own possibilities and that kind of leads into being curious about other things. So I definitely spend a lot of time just like reading or writing, just kind of listening to other people's ideas and kind of using it for my own, fueling my own training. (laughs) Do you write? Like, do you write your own poetry? 
I don't know. Oh, no, I don't write poetry. I think I just do a lot of writing. You spend a lot of time in your own head running. So mm-hmm. I think I just, if I have an idea or something, I just like to put it down. Even if I don't really do anything about it, it's nice to just pocket it, put it in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what podcast do you listen to? What kind of podcast do you like? I listen to a ton of different um, thing. My sister and I go back and forth. We listen to like NPR has a, um, it's called like pop culture happy hour. Uh-huh. We listen to that. Um, I listen to a lot of like pod save America things. Uh-huh. Um, what else do I listen to? Um, I like a podcast called the nod, which is another, um, and still processing stuff from the New York times. So a ton of different things. I usually just kind of fill fill the day with someone talking to me uh-huh. feels like <laughs> so yeah I I feel I feel yeah I in the same way like when I have downtime I'm like I need to put something on and it's usually a podcast um but tell everybody are do you want to share with everybody that you're like considering doing a podcast with your family oh yeah <laughs> um so I know I feel like putting it out into the universe now, I now really you're putting buck- it out <laughs> <laughs> I gotta buckle down um but it's just kind of spurred over having getting to go home for Christmas and I think just having the like family discussions and everyone's happy exciting yelling out their opinions of things it's just a time that I really enjoy being with my family and I'm really just proud to be a hall at that Mm, time I love that (laughs) Um, so yeah I think it's just another way to keep in contact I think, you you know, everybody has a group message with their family where they're like, can you believe this happened or did you see this and that? Um, so just been kind of wanting to possibly have a space where we can all kind of check in on what's happening and what we're listening to, what we're reading, um, what we're talking about. I think it would just be fun to have it um, from the voice of a family, kind of like a digital dinner yeah. <laughs> sit down or so, yeah, I think it would be cool, but it is, I'm sure you can speak to this a lot harder to actually come up with conversation, to actual topics and things to kind of make it concise. Uh, yeah, you have to give someone the lead each time. So would it be your mom, your dad, and you and your sister? Yep. Yeah, that's the plan. Well, you just so. each own an episode. So you say you do four episodes a month, like you're in charge of the flow of conversation. This one, you're just going to put someone in charge. You guys can do it. It'll be great. Yeah, no, I, I think my family is mostly like, yeah, okay, we'll do it. You do the planning. You lead. You lead. <laughs> yeah. Write all those thoughts down that you think about while you run. Yeah, that's mostly theirs. Like we're in it, but you got to tell us what we're doing. So I got to got to get on that (laughs) I always just say if you don't if you're still thinking about it and you keep thinking about it then you got to do it (laughs) yeah it's true you know that's why I'm putting it out into the universe so I have accountability that I'll do it (laughs) yep listen up everybody Marielle's starting a podcast yes (laughs) all right well let's do some end of the podcast questions cool sounds good what is one thing personally or professionally that you haven't done yet that you would like to do um, I think professionally running would love to win a U.S. title, win more races in general would be fun, but <laughs> I think a title that would be, especially where, with where distance running is in the mm-hmm. U.S., I think it, they get more, not that they're not, we're never special, but I think this is a really exciting time. And, totally. Um, yeah, it would just be something that you know, you, you would have forever. So that would be, that's something that I definitely would love. What is an accomplishment you're most proud of? Mm, I think, I don't, I don't know. I can't think of one thing that, I mean, college title really stands out for me because I, I, I felt like I just, I had a goal, I made an action plan and I really committed myself to it. I wanted to win in cross country. It didn't happen and was able to come back in outdoor and make that happen. So I'm definitely proud that I stuck to that belief in myself and um, just kind of really just engaged in the process all year and wasn't really locked up in the result. But I was um, just really trying to get the most out of myself. So I'm pretty proud of that year of running. 
Yeah, that's awesome. You own that race for sure. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you could have coffee or cocktail with someone fun, motivating, or inspiring, who would it be? I'm going to go with, um, this is too hard. I've got a tie between Oprah Mm. Issa Rae and Issa Rae. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I either or. I feel like Oprah could just, just her voice could, I don't know, could spur me to do great things. Mm-hmm. You just have to say, hey, Marielle, and everything would be good. And I think Issa Rae is really funny, so I would enjoy a good laugh. <laughs> yeah, two things on that. One, I oftentimes will listen to an Oprah Super Soul uh, podcast before I interview someone just to get like – inspiration from her because she's the queen of interviews. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She provides yeah, like really I just, good feels. <laughs> totally. Like I just feel like I get a sense of like calmness when I listen to her. Um, and then too, Issa Rae, do you watch the show? What's it called? Awkward or what, insecure? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is it good? It is. It's really funny and I really enjoy it. It's only 20, what's it like 20, 30 minutes. So okay. it's not it's super long commitment if you're just like testing the Checking waters, it out. but yeah, yeah, I think she does a really good job and the music is really good in that show too. So the soundtrack, you Ooh, can start there. Nice. <laughs> yes. Do you get down on like the bachelor nights with the rest of your teammates? I know that's like a big thing with the Bowerman crew. So I watched it for the first time at altitude and I was, <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> Were you like, what is going on? Yes, I. That was my first experience. We tried. I think we actually tried to watch the Bachelorette uh-huh. out in Mammoth Lakes this past summer, but it didn't stick. I think maybe the Bachelorette's just more fun, or the Bachelor. The Bachelor's more fun because like all the all the women are are usually pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think that they provide more entertainment than the men, but. It was it was a lot. I I, I don't hate reality TV, but that was a, that was a new <laughs> that was a new kind of worms for me. I mean, it's terrible, but I don't know what it is. It's just my like escape from actual reality, like because it's not really reality. So I'm like, I know it's so terrible, but I I'm just every every season I'm in. I'm all in every season. <laughs> oh no, I think that that's just. Uh, everyone in the group just like, oh, I hate myself. I I <laughs> yeah, like, so. yeah, I hate myself for watching this, but I'm going to keep watching anyway. Um, yeah. All right, Marielle, the big wrap-up question, what's one message you'd like to send to the world? Oh, gosh. Uh, I would just say that, I guess going back to the beginning, don't, you know, if you have something that you're passionate about or like you said before if you keep coming back to it and thinking about it find a way to fit it within your life because it's definitely going to be worth it and it's going to just fuel all things that you're doing I think that's so good oh Marielle thanks so much for taking the time and and being a part of my podcast it's um I always just feel so honored and it feels really special to get to know people through these conversations so thank you so much yeah, no, thank you for taking the time to talk with me. It was good to, I guess, meet you, semi, <laughs> semi meet you. One day I'll meet fun. all the Bowerman Track Club crew in person someday. Yeah, no, that would be fun. I think that'd be cool. Awesome. Well, enjoy the rest of your whatever, you know, your hangout. I know you guys are training, not training, whatever you guys are doing right now. Enjoy it. Yes, will do. Thank you. Have a good night. Okay, you too. Bye, Marielle. Bye. Okay, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Marielle, for joining us on the show today. I love talking to the Bowerman Track Club women, the Bowerman babes, and love seeing the work that they're doing, the teamwork that is happening over there, and just how much they support each other. I can't wait to watch Marielle grow in her career and see what's next for her. You guys go check out some Lily Trotters compression socks. Go to lilytrotters.com. Use the code ANOTHER for 25% off your order. Links to everything we talked about will be in the show notes at lindsayhine.com. When you head over to lindsayhine.com, a little box will pop up to let you know that you can subscribe to my newsletter. And when you do that, you get the show notes delivered to your inbox every single week. So if there was a book or something that you liked hearing us talk about that you wanted to check out, but you forgot to go do it because you're out running and you didn't have a pen to write it down, make sure you head over to my website, lindsayhine.com, so that you can sign up for my newsletter so that that uh, email goes to your inbox every single week. All right, guys, have a wonderful Friday. Have a great rest of your weekend. And as always, I'll see you next Friday.